Welcome to another edition of the Powers on Sports Podcast. This is your COVID host, one Jason Powers, down here in Tampa, Florida. We are balls deep into the into the into months, what, six, six, something like that. We got uh special not special guests, regular guests, Michael Banks from Birmingham, Alabama, my college football insider. So we're gonna talk uh some college football, lots of lots of news in the world of college football in the last couple of days. Not all good, but uh, we're gonna have a good, lively little d- discussion about who did what and are they doing the right things and all that good stuff. We're gonna talk college football. We're gonna talk baseball. We're gonna talk uh, quality decision making by the Cleveland Indians. A uh, couple guys, a c- couple pitchers on a team that's in first place, and then we're gonna talk Cardinals, Marlins, surprise teams. Uh, and those kind of things. We're going to have some NFL training camp notes. We're going to talk about some of the, the changes they've made in going into training camp as we had, we're about less than a month away from the regular season, a month from tomorrow, actually. Our chief, the Chiefs and the Texans will giddy up on Thursday night. And then we'll talk a little NBA, NHL bubbles, the successes they're having. Uh, their playoffs are getting going. We'll commemorate couple of sports guys that have passed away in the last uh, month or so and then we'll fi- we'll wrap it up with a little PGA championship talk. Colin Morikawa gets it done out in San Francisco. Welcome to the show Mike. Appreciate you joining us again and uh how are things up in beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. Well, it's extremely hot and it storms every day. Other than that it's a uh, gorgeous gorgeous times. <laughs> Yeah, you had some. Uh, did you, did you guys get any of the effects of that hurricane that came through up the East Coast a couple of weeks ago? No, uh, we didn't really. I mean, it rain. It just storms here every day. It's the summer storms that we that we're used to pretty much every day. After late afternoon, after the uh, you know the ozone has melted away and it's 110, um, you know the atmosphere just can't take it anymore, and it and it has to storm. So. Um, we, we are getting, we, we get, obviously we get the same, the same, uh, Gulf effects down here. Yep. Lots of late afternoon storms and good little 30 minute shower and 20 minute showers. And that's it. And then it's sunny and sweltering again by, by six 30. Oh yeah. Nice and muggy. <laughs> nice and muggy. So I hear you had a little, uh, we, we were sp- scheduled to do the podcast a day or two ago and Mike had some, Mike, Mike had a, a home project that had to get done so with some toilets and some. <laughs> so I'm very, I'm very proud of Mike and his uh, home improvement skills because I don't have those skills. So apparently you well, changed the toilet and some other things. Well, was, uh, <clears throat> the uh, the outlets in a couple of the bathrooms went out. And uh, so I was expecting to have to go and, and replace the outlets, which I can do the toilet. No problem. It's disgusting to do, you know, do all the to- especially the older toilet. But I can do it. But the uh, the outlets kind of. Kind of give me a little fear. I, I don't like dealing with live electricity. Fortunately, I um, <clears throat> I went upstairs and noticed that every bathroom outlet in our entire house, which is four different bathrooms, was out. And I read online that because of the age of my house, they wired them all to one uh, outlet, and <clears throat> that has one of the little switches on it, the little the two buttons on them, <laughs> and, uh, which was in my daughter's room. So we went there and pressed the button and and magically they all started working again so i did not have to change the outlets but still was a uh, it was still a heavy cleaning day on su- on saturday and sunday nice good job man all right well let's get to the news of the day college football decision week for them several conferences have pulled the plug for the fall and several conferences are sticking in there and holding out hope for uh the fall so Let's let's start off first with the team, the, the conferences and groups that have pulled the plug. Started off with the Ivy League, then it rolled to the MAC, the Maction, our, our, our beloved favorites of Miami of Ohio and Akron and all those guys. And then the big one of the big bombshells dropped. You had the Big Ten and the Pac-12 pulled, pulling the plug for the fall. All fall sports are done through basically till January first at, at the earliest. Uh, the Mountain West also canceled. So basically of the Power Five conferences, it leaves the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC is kind of the, the holdouts. You still got I've, – I've not heard – I know Conference USA has not made a decision to stop. 
The AAC has not made a decision to stop. I don't think the Sun Belt necessarily has either. So, but as far as the big leagues, you know, you got the SEC, Big Twelve, and ACC are the three monsters that are going to kind of hold out hope and kind of string out the try to run the clock out here a little bit and see what see what's going to happen. They've all kind of made public statements that their intention is to is to go on. Uh, I know the SEC has already pushed back their start date to, to late September. I, th- I heard today the ACC is planning on starting, I think, the weekend of September 10th, a couple weeks before the SEC. So in the Big 12 is probably a September start date, too, even though I know Oklahoma had, had originally scheduled some game at the end of August, but I can't imagine that's going to happen. But who knows? Your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> well, first, I don't understand what changed from uh two weeks ago three weeks ago i mean it's not like the heart ailment mike the the heart the heart issues that that, that seems to be the big word this last week or so has been all the 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 the, i i can't i can't myo myo car i i don't want to butcher the name but the heart the heart issue that they they seem to be correlating with some some covid covid could potentially cause some heart issue well my whole thought is I I, i don't i mean I just wish they'd all be together for, I don't understand how this is going to work. If, you know, obviously if you're a past listener, you know, I'm an Alabama guy. We don't play for anything but a national championship here. Are, how is this going to work? <laughs> we're going to play for, we're going to play two other conferences. I mean, yeah, the PAC 12 is never in it anyways. And the big 10 is only one team usually, but are we, is that what's happening here? Are we going to have a playoff? I mean, cause if we're not, we're just playing for an sec. What is the point of putting these players at risk? I don't think that, um, I, I don't agree with the the statement that these kids are safer on the football field than they are at home. I think that's, that's garbage. I mean, if you go home and quarantine, you're safe as you can be. Um, uh, I, I think that they are more danger. I think they are more danger on campus. And then when they come to the football field, they are going to, potentially be able to spread it. I mean, the same, the same thing that major league baseball is going through. They let them live their lives and then they come to the park and we've had, you know, what the Cardinals hadn't played in the what the last 14 days, 13 days. And the Marlins went a week, you know, Phillies wrecking havoc on uh, fantasy seasons. I might <laughs> um, but, uh, but I just don't, I don't understand I don't understand the logic of really what's going on. I think the I think this is where it shows where college football not having a real true governing body because the NCAA is a joke when it comes to college football, anyways. Well, um, the, the NCAA doesn't have the authority to no, tell these. Comp- it's so I don't blame the NCAA. They no, just well, don't have I the just, authority right now to do it. Well, no, they don't. And what what my point is on that is it's just funny because they can they can they have the authority to shut programs down and, and hand out death penalties and, and they're, an enfor- they're an enforcement agency, basically. Right. but they don't have the authority to do anything else, but they do with all the other sports. So it just shows that college football having a lack of leadership and, and, you know, it's been an ongoing joke for as, you know, as long as we can remember back in the days of the bowl Alliance and then the BCS and then the college football playoff, which I still think is a joke the way that they have it. Uh, it, you know, it just it just goes to show that college football needs leadership. Um, my, qu- my question, my question have- is, how have you not ha- how how have these guys not in the last once a week for the last six weeks been on a conference call every Monday morning or whatever right. day you want to pick it with all the commissioners and all the medical people right. and somehow had a I would say it doesn't have to be unified, but it has to be a common message that you're that you're expounding to the public because. When the big tw- when the Pac-12 doctors say one thing, and then the Big Ten doctors say something else, and the SEC doctors are giving other recommendations, and I understand that different parts of the country have different levels of COVID and, uh, and, uh, and infection rate and all that, and that plays into it a little bit, I think. Um, but how can we not all get together in at least you know, even if it's a twenty-five man committee of medical doctors, come up with a general. Hey, these are the things that we're really going to be stressing as far as making this. They've not even come out and said what the p- criteria was to for them to make these decisions, good or bad. No. I mean, at least come out and say, you know what? In the state of in the SEC, we're going to use a percentage. If 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 in, if in our states the, the the infection rate is above this percentage, then we're going to play or not play or something. I mean, they've well, not said anything 
to the, to, to the effect of how they're making these decisions. And that's what's so funny is the states that are going to continue on with this, with the exception of California, the states where these schools are located are the worst ones in the country. Texas, Florida, Alabama, Georgia. I mean, these these states are the ones that have the yeah. highest rates and they're the ones that are continuing right. on with play. I mean, yeah, the Pac-12, obviously, California is really bad right now. And that's where the majority of their schools are. But I mean, the Big Ten the, in the Arizona, West, you got Arizona and you got in Arizona. You know, yeah. uh, yep. But I mean, I mean, it just it, it just it, it just really goes to show that and nobody's ever said this and they're never going to say this, but it's such a money grab from a and it just shows you how substantial the the revenues and tv money and all that stuff is to football to how it affects all the other sports within athletics that they're even having this discussion because 25 20 years ago 25 years ago when i played this wouldn't even have been a discussion it would have been shut down done done and uh you know and, and, and I, I get it, and I get it. There's financial ramifications to not playing, and I get all that. But it's just, you know, come out and say it. Just say it. Right. Yeah, and that, I like. I, I agree with you. I, I get it, too. Like, I mean, my wife made a comment, like, why does college football think that they're going to put forty to 50000 or whatever in the stands, but Major League Baseball won't do it? And I said, because the difference is Major League Baseball is run by billionaires who can afford – to, with the TV revenue to, to to be able to do it, and they're paying their players. Right. College football, yes, we we know they're not technically paying their players, but uh, they don't. They're not run by that. They're run by donations. They're run by people in the stands. And if those people aren't in the stands, TV I mean, revenue, TV revenue, all this stuff matters to these to these universities. Without it, these programs will fold one by one. Well, There's they only- won't. Here's what they won't do. The reason they want these, they want the, the mass revenues, is because they want to they want to maintain the lifestyle that they're living. Right. The Alabamas and the Big Five schools want to be able to maintain the forty million dollar budgets a year for football. Where yeah. again, twenty five years ago, every school didn't have the massive weight room, didn't have the massive, you know, st- uh, indoor facilities and all that stuff. That's the thing that they're, you know. Some of these, I think, they're being short-sighted about. Is they're 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 they want to maintain their lifestyle, i.e., needing that revenue so they can continue to yep. pay off the debts for these buildings, pay off the the coaches' salaries, and all those kind of things. Those are the things that, again, that's the dirty secret behind a lot of all this money is these ads and, and these ads know they got bills to pay when it comes to these buildings and these coaches and these personnel and these. Instead of a football department being 25, you know, 15 or 20 coaches and five or 10 more other people, the Alabamas and the Texas and Ohio States have 75 people working in football that they got to pay for. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, look at not only not only the uh, not only the, the staff, but I mean, look at Alabama. They just started right before all this happened right at the end of last season. Massive construction on, on Bryant-Denny Stadium. Hundreds of millions of dollars of, of renovations. of millions of dollars of renovations. And they got to pay for it. We got, how are we going to pay for it if we, don't, if we don't have fans in the stands? I mean, I'm a season ticket holders right now. They've got $2,000 of my money. And I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go to a game. They haven't told me what's going to happen. You know, we're waiting on, on, you know, they finally released the schedule. We still haven't got any notification. And, and when we had a call... With, uh, with our AD, a, a Tide Pride like kind of a town hall meeting uh, over Zoom. Uh, this was back in June. <clears throat> Greg Byrne said, "Yeah, you know, all tickets will be refunded if that's the case. But you know, we would ask that you could roll it over in donations." Well, of course. I get it. Yeah, of course they're going to ask. I, you're not getting my money if I don't go to if I don't put my butts in the seat or I can't sell my tickets. You're not going to get my money. I got I got to have that back. I need that money. Right, I mean, the whole right. point of me buying tickets is either go to the game or sell them to somebody that can go and make the money back for myself. I can't I can't afford to just give the university two thousand dollars. I already give them about seven hundred every year just to get into just to be able to buy these tickets. And I, and now I can't even write it off. So. So, yeah, it is. It's all it is all money driven. But the difference and there's a, and there's an argument there. there And there is a discussion to be made on that front that that, you know, but. Yeah. I would say from a college perspective, people don't still don't realize, and, and we all we all have the opinion that co- all these schools make a ton of money. 
Most no. college football programs lose money. There's only about the last report ten or I saw, fifteen. Ten or schools. fifteen. Ten or fifteen teams in this country make money off football. Alabama's one. Ohio State, Texas, Notre Dame. Yep. Those schools, yes. But you're talking about like Missouri, the, K- Kentucky, yeah. Indiana. Those schools don't make the, money off football. The Akron's of the world, the the San Diego States, the New Mexico's, the the FIU's, the FAU's. I mean, th- these teams aren't. They're losing money. Every Even year. I mean, they're and that's why I mean and. In theory, I think the, if they did play, if they were able to play, they could the the big the, the power five schools for a one year scenario could absorb most likely not having fans, but they couldn't absorb not having the TV revenue. Right. The the CBS money, the Big Ten money, the SEC network money, the Big Ten network money, the ACC network money, all that the ESPN money, the ABC money, all those revenues get split amongst all the conferences. Right conference schools within that conference. So, yep. you know, the Big Ten, the Big Ten, they don't if the Big Ten network doesn't have games to broadcast, those schools aren't getting that forty million dollar Big Ten teams get forty million dollars before they've sold a ticket. Right. To start the year. I don't know what yeah. the SEC network pays. I think I read something maybe last year around thirty million a school, something like that, just from the SEC network, not including what CBS pays them, which is a fortune. Yep. ABC pays the ACC and the you know the Big Twelve big money for these broadcasts that you see every week. So that I mean they could survive without fans, but it's the TV revenue that they got to have. One again for a one year scenario. And and as we can see with Major League Baseball, it doesn't matter about the fans in the stands or not. If the players on the field are are are, and we're talking about baseball. With it's not even a really a contact sport. I mean, I don't care how many face masks and shields you have. Right. When you go to tackle another another grown man on a football field, you're you are going to end up with their with you know spitting on that person or or exchanging. I, yep. fluid. I mean, that's just that's just human being. So so yeah. I mean, I've I I, I no, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying that. I, I just don't the you're I mean, yes, we know it's the team revenue, but I agree with you. There's just no leadership. I mean, it, it's almost a microcosm of, of the world and the country right now. There's no leadership to to say, hey, this is where we're going. Like you said, a unified front of some sort. Like, hey, uh, we're you know, when you got you have one commissioner coming out like we're not playing and the other one's like, hey, we're going ahead and playing. Like you said, it makes it just makes for a cluster. And now. I mean, so so what's going to happen now? Forget about the playing. We're, let's talk about and, and this. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Really, it's the presidents making this decision, not necessarily the athletic right. directors or the commissioner. No, it's not. It's they, the college presidents that are the voting. So presidents have the vote. Ultimately, the ultimately, it's the, it's the, ultimately it's their ass on the line. Right. If a kid in their in, at their school dies on the athletic because of something on the athletic field, and that's the thing that's that gets that gets marginalized by the fans. Oh, you know, we'll, we'll, Mike, we'll, let's play, man. If, if, if people don't realize if a kid were, I don't care what, what school it is. If a kid, if a kid at Alabama dies or gets severely sick and is on a ventilator or has major issues down the road, the university of Alabama will get sued for till the cows come home. Yeah. And, you know, and it ain't the football. It ain't Nick Saban. It ain't Greg Sankey who's got to write the check for the when the lawsuit gets settled. It's not. It's the University of Alabama. And okay. for President for people to say, "Wow, him. you know, yeah," I mean, for people for people to say, "Wow, let's just uh, it's just one kid," or you know, let, let, it's it's worth taking the risk. If it ain't if it's your kid, are you taking the risk? What do you exactly. are you going to sue the University of Alabama if your kid dies or if your kid gets well, really really sick? I think of course it, you are. Uh, yeah, heck yeah, you are. I, I, I would, and be, you're going to win, and exactly. you're going to win. And I think that's what's lost. I mean, that that's kind of what's lost on the way up through the country, all the way down to this. Is this well? There's there's not that high of a death rate, or uh, you everybody's at risk, or everybody blah blah blah. Well, my my wife's best friend, her mother, her mother got it and died within a month. She was dead, and <clears throat> so. Tell that family that this thing's not real. Tell them that it's not a big deal, that the death rate's not that high. When it becomes somebody in your family, like you said, if it's your kid, are you going to be – are you, you okay with that? And some people are willing to take the risk. Some of these players, 
Trevor Lawrence sure. and all these guys, they yeah. want to take the risk. That's fine. Go right ahead. But they're not the, but like you said, they're not, they don't the have, to they have to write the check. <laughs> and here's the other thing people don't remember, realize everybody says, well, that age group is very, not very susceptible to being, you know, beat to dying. For example, you know, the 18 to 22 year old, right? No, but not every, but guess what? There's 50, there's 40 guys on a team that weigh over 280 pounds and, yes. and above that are heavy, that tend to have issues with weight, with body mass, with, with you know, diabetes. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen are the are more susceptible than the cornerback and the receiver because he's not in, the, in as good a shape as those guys. Those guys tend to be more susceptible. Those are the guys that are breathing on each other every single play, every whereas play. a DB and a receiver are going to have some separation a lot of the time. But linemen, the, big, the bigger guys – those are the guys that are more susceptible to getting it, to be honest with you. And not only that, to, to that point, Jason, how many times do we watch, do we see this kid drop dead? This kid dropped dead on a, on a normal, in a normal summer because heat-related heat stuff. Heat-related. He had undiagnosed heart condition. He had an undiagnosed condition. Right. Well, what if they have right. that? Then they get this, and it exasperates it. Then what happens? So like you said, there is the risk. So – is that something that your doctors say, hey, there's is it not work? that much risk? Then you're the one that's putting yourself on the line. But you're, but like you said, let one player die from this and see what happens. <laughs> It'll, it, you right. think. It's, yeah. And, and that's where, you know, like somebody wrote on Twitter the other day, and this kind of goes to what you're saying. Somebody wrote on Twitter about um, if they would, if they wouldn't have played, the media would have crucified them. This was before the Big Ten Pac-12 canceled. This is when they, there was the rumor about it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, why, just let them play. And Cecil Hurt from the Tuscaloosa News wrote a tweet back and said, because uh, they said kids are just as much at risk to, to get it at home. And he said, okay, that, I see that point. But if you're an attorney and, you, and, you, and somebody comes to you and says, hey, my employer put me in an at-risk situation and I got hurt or got or somebody in my family died from it, are you going to sue that employer? Heck yeah, you are. But if you if the employer sends you home and you get sick at home, you don't have a lawsuit against them. And that's where that right. that's where that comes in at. So yes, it is a risk. But who's it, what, like Trevor Lawrence going to going to give up his draft money to write the check for the for the family that has to bury a child? <laughs> I mean, and here's the other here's the other thing. What's the other group of people that are probably most at risk? The coaches. Yeah, especially the older ones. How many guys? How many guys that are coaching are fifty plus, not in great shape, all that good stuff? When you're around that twenty four hours, and I know they're getting tested on, you know, the, at most places they're getting tested regularly. I mean, I, I just the last two days I've been refereeing University of South Florida practice, and everybody out there has all the coaches have a mask on for the most part, most of the time. So they're, I mean, they're 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 doing their part, but still. I'm out there. I got to, they make me wear a mask, which is fine. But I mean, you're around every, I'm around all the players for two hours. Yeah. Guys running by me, you know, breathing hard, all that good stuff. I mean, and I, and granted, I'm taking a risk. I, I'm going out there because I want to, but it's a risk. It's something you have to be aware of. And granted, they have not had any positive tests and they're getting tested and all that stuff. But still, you know, the coaches are just as much in danger as the players, and you're yeah. telling me if Nick Saban died, you're telling me Linda Say or uh, what's, Terry. what's his wife's name? Terry. Terry wouldn't sue the University of Alabama if Nick <laughs> dropped dead in six in three months. In a heartbeat, and that's the other thing that that the other thing about this virus. I know, yeah, there's not a high death rate. We get it. I got that. I hear it. Uh, like I said, it's not and until it's somebody that dies in your family, then it's it's not that big of a deal. But. Um, the other thing, you know, on our little text chain today, somebody makes a point, and it is a good point because it is something that's out there. Nobody knows what the long-term effects of this virus are yet because it's not it's it's still a novel right. virus. It's not even it's still in its infancy. So yes, it might not hurt right. you real bad right now, but it, you don't have a clue what it's doing to your internal organs yet, or what it could do to you long-term down the road. Nobody knows that yet. So it is. So new, and that is some that's another risk that you're putting people in. And it's it's no different than after 9-11, when all those guys went into those buildings to you know those re those those rescue workers and 
and all those, and they all, a lot of the lung problems, the lung the cancer problems issues later on. Right. Yeah. They were fine right away. Firemen the, the, with the, yeah. And, and look how much or could manage it, but so a year down the road. Yeah. They got, they've got COPD or they've got lung cancer or, or asbestos in the lungs or whatever it was. And look how much money the United States is having to pay every year to those families because of lawsuits and things like that. Yes, they right. they gave their they gave their lives, they put their lives on the line and right away some of them got out, some didn't. But the ones that did got it get out had long-term effects later on down the road. That's the thing you don't know about this thing right now. And I think that again, I I I want to see college football. I mean, I want them to play, I mean, I want football to happen, but you have to be smart about it. You have to be logical and have some kind of r- rational thinking and decision making about it that's all yeah and i, I agree i'm 100 and it cannot be and, and, and i'm and you know and i know these co- these coaches the, the coaches are the ones you cannot trust because their 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 tunnel vision is to play football and to they coach football agenda. so they, have, they do and, and, yeah. and yeah and you can't blame them i mean I that's mean, where their livelihood is no I don't yeah. blame. I don't blame them. No, I don't blame no, them. I mean, and 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 the University of Alabama and University of South Florida and the University of Florida are going to pay their coaches even if they don't play football this year. Now, next year down the road, who knows how that's going to work? But those guys are going to get paid through this through this this football season, play or not. The the ones that they're the going to get paid. The, I think the ones that are in the worst position out of are the ones I feel the worst for. Besides, obviously, the players in general, because a lot of them are just put in bad situations, but the ones that had the chance to go to the draft and get paid and chose to come back to school. And now you're telling them that, Oh, you're not going to play to the spring if you play at all. And those guys who came back to do that, I hate it for those guys because, you know, those guys had a chance to, to cash in, make money, you know, chose not actually the guy, the guys that I hated, the the guys that I hated for the guys that, that are not going to be professional players. That's true the, too. The, 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 the seniors this seniors, year, yeah. the, the, no, just the guys that aren't going to have professional careers that potentially don't get to play their last year of their life of, of, yeah. of their sport. And here's the other thing too. If it's okay for the SEC to play football, why isn't the, I haven't heard, I haven't heard any peeps of why is the SEC not playing women's soccer, volleyball? Yeah. Why, yeah, why are all the well, other sports? If it's, o, if it's so, if it's so <laughs> healthy and such a, Good environment in such a uh, you know bubble situation. Why, are, if it's if, if we're going to play SEC football, which funds the other sports, which means they're getting their money, why wouldn't we play women's soccer at Alabama, men's I, soccer at Alabama, volleyball think, at volleyball at South Carolina or Kentucky, cheerleading at Kentucky, whatever it is in the I fall semester. I, I think I can answer that rhetorical question. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it has something to do with the dollar amount that brings is brought in by the people in the stands and the TV revenue. And I don't, I don't know how many. No, but it's, it's but everybody, they're healthy. It's, it's yeah. the bubble. They can keep everybody safe, Michael. Yeah. No, they're going to keep everybody. Right. They're going to keep them insulated. It's, 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 that's yeah. I mean, so, but they're, no. they're getting the football money that, that pays for the other sports. So if they're getting the football money, why are we not then going to, you know, how, have how, just conference games between Alabama and Ole Miss, Alabama and Mississippi State. That's a, you know that does you're going to pay the same expense that you were going to pay before. You're going to drive, get on the bus and drive two hours to Starkville. You're going to get on the bus and go to Auburn. You're going to you're going to instead of flying to Kentucky, you're going to drive. Instead of flying to Gainesville, you might drive, but you can play those games. Yeah, they do it. They drive. They drive further than that in the Gulf South Conference all the time. Yeah, I mean, you you may not go to Missouri or Texas A and M if you're Alabama, but you can rearrange the schedule where you can geographically stay within a five or six hour drive. I mean, there's ways to to reconfigure the schedule easily within the conference. But I mean, that's the that's the part I don't I I, I want to hear from the fans. I, I, you know, the fans want the football. I get it. Okay, but if they want the football, and I'm the parent of a soccer player, I'm going to say, why the hell am I not playing soccer then? Yeah, oh, I agree with you. I mean, I agree. And that's the other part of this, I think, that, again, won't get reported. But I think there's a major fear by the administrators that if they do allow just football to play, they might get sued to the cows come home by the parents of these soccer players and these volleyball players and all the other fall sports and saying, you're discriminating against us. You let football play. 
You didn't let us play that. That 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 there there may be some merit to a discrimination lawsuit. I guarantee right. you, somebody will file one of those kind of lawsuits if they don't let soccer and volleyball play, but they let football play. Especially the especially the women's sports that already yeah, have I'm Title saying, Yeah, especially they have Title Nine in place to prevent that kind of discrimination. So, uh, I mean, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I I think I think I mean overall, let's just we call it what it is. It's a terrible situation. For, for everybody involved. It's just a terrible situation. I mean, and the fact that, you know, that's that's one of the things that that it can makes it kind of makes it trivial. The fact that we're arguing over whether, uh, you know, 22 guys strap a football helmet on and, and get out there and, and play it down. And you do have people in the world that are dying from this and, and people are and just, losing. And have lost lots of money and work-wise and, and employment and yeah, all yeah. those issues. I mean, this all right. Is, so let, let's get let's get to let's get to the let's let's move on to the option of spring football. We again the the, the option obviously the next option is if you don't play in the fall, you, you potentially could play in the spring. The my issue, the two issues with that are, are are easily. First of all, you cannot play a full season in the spring because one, you can't play a full season in the spring and then turn around three months later and play another full season in the fall. That's you cannot. That's that's exploiting the kid. That's that's from a physical perspective. That's not what it was ever designed to do. Um, can you play six, seven games? You could maybe deter. You could maybe you know do that. Maybe, but even then, you're going to get a major backlash from players saying, "What the hell am I doing playing seven games? Get one month off or whatever the whatever the number is, and you're going to turn me around and expect me to play another fourteen games starting in August again?" Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see. I mean, I don't understand. I don't know what the point. Again, if the other three are going forward, and they play their season, what are you playing your seat? What are you even playing it for? You really think that you're money? Have- they're playing I mean, for the money because they know they're they're trying to recoup the money. Because again, it's a I mean, the the Big Ten Network will, will broadcast Penn State and Michigan in in February in a snowstorm and a sleet storm in Happy Valley. CBS will, will put on Alabama and, all, and, and Tennessee in the middle of January from from Knoxville. It's yeah. it's the, again it's back to the which is fine. I get it. Money is money drives the train on most things in this world. You hate to say it. It drives a lot of decision making, and there's some merit to it, and then, there, then there's not some merit to it. But that's why they'll play in the spring because they 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 need to to generate and collect the revenue. Um, but you can't ask a you can't ask a kid to play twelve games. I mean, do you in, in in all that stuff? I mean, you can't you can't ask that. My th- suggestion would be, which I'm surprised, you know, they've not even. I'm surprised the Big Ten and the Pac-12 made the cut the core decision so soon. To me, you you've got some time on the calendar. To me, you could have bumped. You could have said, you know what, we're going to reconvene September the fifteenth, and we're going to make a final decision September fifteenth. You had another month to see if maybe. Things get a little better in some of these states because there has been some improvement in some states. There's been some decline. Arizona's improved. Florida's had a little bit of improvement. But again, give it another month. Again, maybe another month of people around the country actually wearing a mask all the time. God forbid we all do that. You yeah, know, because that's a political but, issue for some. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. To me, the scenario could have been. And here's how you could have kind of you could have kind of you could have kind of uh, played both sides of it. You could have potentially played eight games in the fall, i.e., let's say October fifteenth to December fifteenth, something like that. You could have played eight games in the fall, taken a week or two off for the Christmas holidays, let guys recover a little bit, see where you're at. You could have then come back and played the last three or four games in early January which would have kind of been your spring football scenario, which is about four weeks. You could have played three or four games in January, three games to get to 10 or 11 for your regular season, and you could have easily had your quick playoff if you wanted to do that. You'd have been done by probably the second week in February. That way you give the players the rest of that spring semester off from from football action, no spring football, and you could theoretically come back in August and and start a new full season. And I don't think you would have had a lot of issues – Again, this is assuming that it doesn't turn into a catastrophe in October. But if in October it was safe to play, you play eight games in the end of end of the fall semester, 
three or four in January, have the playoff, maybe a bowl game. I don't know if you even have bowl games this year, but and you could have probably you could have probably find fine line both sides of the equation and probably done that. But I'm I'm a little surprised again. The Big Ten, Pac-12 cut the cord so fast, but I don't blame them for doing it. Um, and and again, the SEC and the ACC and the Big Twelve may may end up having to do it anyway. But I, at least I, I I'll, I'll respect those three conferences for at least trying to give it as much time as humanly possible to make the decision. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't I don't I don't agree with the cutting it that fast either. I, like I said, what has it's all changed so quickly that all of a sudden, I mean, we were all going forward. It was going to be a college football season, just not, you know, conference only. And then all of a sudden it was like, we're canceling the season. I was like, gosh. And, and even if you do play in the spring, if you have any kind of spring schedule, you're going to lose your 20 or 30 best college players minimum, if not more than that guys that are probably, you'll probably lose more. You, you'd probably lose a hundred because Guys that think they're a top three or four round draft pick are not going to play in the spring. Nope. They're not going to risk their future, their financial future in the spring. Guys that have pretty good realistic expectation that they're going to be a top three or four round draft pick. You won't see Justin Fields. You won't see the Trevor Lawrences. Now you'll see the guys that don't that that are marginal prospects and the guys that are going to play because they don't have any other, no no professional future. Those guys are all going to play, but the, the it will be a very diluted game, even if you did, even were, if you were to play in the spring. But they would only play in the spring because it's a money, it's generated income, you know, for the, for the university. And and think about it: in the spring, you got college basketball, you got baseball, you got all the things that are going on in the spring. In the spring, there may not be enough room on television for these events. Right? CBS has TV contracts, ESPN has basketball contracts left and right. The SEC Network, they all have contracts for basketball games. To fill all the content, how are you going to fit in a Saturday, a Saturday and a Sunday full of college football games? I don't know how you're going to do that. Every Saturday in the in the in the, in the spring, early in the spring, ESPN has primetime college basketball all day long. How are you going to fit in four college football games on ESPN? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But all right. So I think we've worn that that topic. We've gone we've gone thirty seven minutes on that topic. That was a pretty good one. <laughs> but again, it'll be like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what these other three conferences decide here and moving forward, and how long they can wait and all that stuff. I think the SEC and the ACC are going to try to, and the Big Twelve are going to try to play. I mean, oh, I agree. right, wrong, or indifferent, they're going to try to play. I don't think there'll be fans, and if there. I, I, that, that, that probably will be the compromise if they do try to play is they're going to make the decision. Hey, we can't have any fans, unfortunately. Um, Cause again, if you have, if you try to put in 20,000 people in Bryant Denny or, or whatever you pick the stadium, that's going to be a major problem to try to do that. Yep. Good. It's a good segue into, into our next uh, category though, or, or segment. Yes. Let's go. We're gonna we're gonna transition to the world of baseball. <laughs> our our Marlins, our Cardinals, and a couple Indian guys with, with the COVID issues. St. Louis apparently the rumor has it they some several guys went out to the casino and contracted it. They, I think they've had like eight, 17, 18 people in the organization. You know, eight or nine players and eight or nine other people contracted. You obviously had the Marlins issue. Kudos to the Marlins. They owned up to it. They said, "Hey, you know what? We we've not done what we need to do. We need to be better." Um, they've bet they're back playing. They haven't any any further issues. You know the Philly. Uh, so that I'm I'm glad that they got that taken care of in a relatively short period of time. The Cardinals still have only played five games, and everybody else is somewhere around twenty so far. So they're way behind the eight ball. And then you had this interesting situation over the weekend with the Indians. Two Indian pitchers, Plesac, Zach Plesac, and Clevenger are out in Chicago, apparently went out to dinner, went out to the bar or something. Plesak got sent home on Sunday. Clevenger apparently lied about him being with Plesak and uh, got exposed. He got put on the list. And did you see the, the interview yesterday with one of his teammates, the guy who pitched last night and got rocked? He, uh. ripped, he ripped Clevenger and Plesak knew, uh, knew you know what, saying how they're, they just – are screwing the team over and their teammates. Because remember, Terry Francona is very exposed. Lots of issues health-wise with Terry Francona. Clevenger rode the bus back to Cleveland from Chicago 
Sunday after their series, knowing he had been out Saturday night with Plesak, lied about it, took the was on the team plane, could have infected the whole team before and he got caught. I mean, and I don't understand how in the world you could you could be a major league baseball player at this point after watching what happened with the Marlins and the Cardinals and think that would be a smart thing. I mean, you're going to shut your entire team. Like these guys, I, I mean, I, I just don't get it. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I mean, I did, I, we, we talked about this a couple months ago. I, I don't, you know, how, with, when baseball was starting back with their 60 games, I said, I don't, I don't even think it's going to matter. I don't think they'll finish it. I still don't think they're going to finish it. I know they're going to try their best. But as long as you have morons like this, you're never going to finish it because you're going to have people doing stupid stuff. I mean, this is not a bubble situation. These guys are living their life in, when they are at home. Yes, when they go on the road, they're expected to stay in the hotel and you have the morons, they go out and do whatever they want. And that's what happened. They were on the road. Yeah, that's what made him worse. They did it all. The Cleveland guys did all this on the road. But I mean, when they're at home, they're living their life. I mean, they're, and, and if, if guys are, if people are being, you know, taking precautions, again, you go to the grocery store, you wear a mask. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get it. It just means you're not, you're helping not spread it to somebody else. Right. So if, if you're in an area where you have a bunch of morons that won't wear a mask, and and you've got and you're in a in a hot spot, then yeah, you're gonna get it more than likely. You're gonna bring it back <laughs> to the team, and then you're gonna infect the team, and you have what's happened in St. Louis and Miami. And I mean, look at the Marlins. I give them credit. I can't believe they're still winning, but I mean, they're playing. They're playing great. They're playing over their head, and they got they've 14, used they've already yeah, used 40, they, they've already used forty five different players. Fourteen guys on the on the COVID list. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, but look at the Cardinals. The Cardinals have yep. are, are even worse off than they were. They haven't played in 14 – July 29th is their last game. Right. It's August 12th now. Not yep. to mention – not to mention the guys that have it are pretty important to the team. Molina, right. Helsley. De Jong. De Jong. I mean, you got some pretty important guys there. So when they do finally come back, they're not even going to have their full team. They're going to be calling and, these guys. And I guarantee you some – they said staff people, which means – Guys like maybe the equipment guys, traveling secretaries, those those kind of guys that are on the road with them have Bob gotten it too. Tennis. Yeah, I mean yeah. those guys have gotten it too. That's part of that. That's part of the staff, and it might be some coaches too. There might yeah. be a bench coach in there. Who knows? But I'm so the M MLB ought to suspend Clevenger and Plesac ten games minimum. Uh, if not, the Indians ought to do it because that's just that's just negligence. That's just ir totally irresponsible and putting other people in severe danger, especially. Like I said, with Francona's health history, he's missed a bunch of games this year with a gastrointestinal issue. He's had plenty of other medical issues over the years. I mean, if you're well, you talked you talked about it with college football, talking about the guys that were overweight and out of shape. Well, that's what a that's what a most major league coaches look like. Yeah, they're they're, they're out of shape guys. They're older not older guys typically. Older. So I mean, yeah, it's I mean exactly what you say. You don't see a lot of guys. It, you don't have a uh, Ed Hockley's, you know, all the yeah. way down the down the down the bench in a, in a, on a major league baseball in a major league baseball dugout. So hey, don't hey, don't hey, don't sell Gabe Gabe Kapler short. That guy's got, a steroid well, got, infested you freak. A, you got a few, yeah, but you don't have younger a, guy. Yeah, I know, there's, <laughs> there's a, there might be a handful of guys, but most of them. You, you look at your Dusty Bakers. Look at your Brian yeah. Snickers. I mean, these guys yeah. aren't in the best shape of their of their lives. They don't have right. to be right. And it, my God, for that matter, some of the pitchers and 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 first basemen aren't either. <laughs> I mean, can we get Bartolo Colon back in this league, please? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I I just I agree with you. I think they should be suspended. I think that that you know you 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 suspend Centrone for twenty games. You suspend Loriano for six. That was something in the heat of the moment. You know, Loriano been been had been brushed back, been thrown at twice. Apparently, Centrone says something about his mother. He gets suspended six games for charges. You suspend <laughs> that's not that guy. Very, that's, not very ni that's not very nice of Alex to say no, that about his not. mama. <laughs> you suspend that guy six games, but you're going to let this these two guys go out, break protocol, and not do anything to them. Right. I, I, th I, think, I, think 
I think that's one of the many problems in Major League Baseball. Hopefully the Indians are doing something behind the scenes as far as suspending them or doing something because you're right. That'll be a disgrace if those guys don't get suspended. And the sad part is I got Zach Plesak on my fantasy team, and he's been he's pitched great this yeah. I mean, he's he's pitched great so far this year. I by hope, the way, by the way, I think that's the son of Dan Plesak of MLB it, Network. It's, it's the nephew. It's nephew the nephew or nephew, okay. I, I've not watched MLB Network when he's been on there yet since this happens. I would like to have. I'd like to know what the, how they addressed that. To be honest with you, yeah, he and, needs uh, to have what Dan's comments have, were. He needs to have a talk, a talk with with nephew with nephew Zach. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because yeah. yeah all right, let's let, let's get to on the field. Let's get to some first of all, a couple of surprises. The Marlins are playing great. The, the, your Detroit Tigers are, are playing very respectable. They were supposed to be te- – both those were teams were supposed to be terrible. Um, Colorado's playing really well. The Cubs, nobody thought the Cubs would be playing as well as they are. The, David Wait, Ross in the first year. Despite they're playing, closer issues as well. <laughs> Kimbrell having major disasters in, in the bullpen, but their starting pitching has been great. And they've hit the ball well and all that stuff and, um, you know, I don't think the Marlins will be able to keep it up just because I don't. I just don't think they're good enough. But you know, I mean, but but the, here's the thing about this year: if you have a really good July, you can have a you can have a very mediocre August. I mean, August and make it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. August and September. If you have a really good August, you can have a mediocre September and still make it as a seven or eight seed in the playoffs. Yeah. Not only do you have expanded playoffs, but you got sixty games. So you, I mean. You're going to probably have a couple teams that have losing records that get into the playoffs. The, yeah, with, I mean, with as and, deep I mean, as it is, and, and yeah, so you, uh, you know, another team, the Orioles. The Orioles look pretty, pretty decent for. I mean, com- considering what they were expected to be, but but that's but that's not a. It's really not a surprise to me that these teams are like this. This is what happens in a regular season. In April, you get these teams that get real hot, and you go, "Oh, look at this team!" They and jump then, out to a great thirty-game yeah. start. They go eighteen right. and twelve, or seventeen yeah. and thirteen, exactly. and they were supposed they were supposed to win eight games. And see them in August, and they're at the bottom of the barrel. They've already sold off all their pieces, and it's on right. the next season. So, so, but and 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 like we talked, we talked about it the last time. This is a two-month season. That's all it is. It's sixty games. It's two months. Thirty games. Thirty games a, a, a month. It's it's two full months. And then it's playoffs. So, and now you expand it on top of that, which I just think was stupid. But you, you eight and have- e- eight in each American and National League, eight teams. The top two from each of the three divisions is six. And then the next two best wild cards are going to make up eight. So, you know, if you come in second place in your division, regardless of your record, you're in. Yeah. So, a team like the Marlins could be second in the NL East, no matter what their record is. Because the Mets aren't doing well, the Nationals aren't doing well, the Phillies aren't very good. They come in second, they're in. Heck, at this point, they might win. They might get first the way that the Braves' pitching staff has fallen. Right. Apart. I mean, and I heard <laughs> a stat about it. I was listening to the Rays game tonight against the Red Sox. They said at this point in the season last year, nineteen or no, twenty-four pitchers were on the injured list because of just on the injured list through the number of games this year, fifty-six. And so again, shortened spring training, guys maybe weren't in the greatest of shape, all that kind of stuff. Guys didn't know if they were going to play, not very excited about playing. That leads to a team like the Orioles, the Colorados of the world, to step up to play really well and, and all that stuff. So yeah, the real Orioles quick, are, your th- the Orioles are nine and nine and seven, third place right now, and only a game and a yeah. half back of the Yankees and a half game back of the of the Rays. Yeah. What were you I mean, saying? Your, my thoughts on what? No, I mean we're going to talk about the the playoffs. The, the the scenario in the playoffs is the the major MLB has made the playoff determination based on winning percentage, not based on playing sixty games. Because the Cardinals are not going to be able to play sixty games. There's other teams that could potentially not play sixty games because of cancellations and all that. So they've made a provision where it doesn't matter if the Cardinals right as of right now, the Cardinals have played forty five games. And let's say I'm just picking a number here. Let's say they're 28 and 17 after 45 games, they're going to get in the playoffs no matter because of their winning percentage. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I don't love that. I wish I, to me they got to play a minimum of, I would say, 52 to 53 games. You know, if, if a team gets shorted five or six games because of an issue, I can live with that, but you can't play 45 games and get in the playoffs. No, I, I, I think the percentage thing is stupid. Of course, I've, I've, 
I thought this whole season was stupid from the beginning, 60 games and, and, and they're, <laughs> I, I, I just, I think the whole thing was a joke. I, uh, I don't know why they even worried about it and here, and then you start it and you got this team's out and this team's out and then it affects that team. And you know, the Phillies had to miss all these games and the Yankees were affected and the Orioles were affected. And it's like, come on, what are we doing? I mean, you, you know, uh, how what kind of world we live in where the NBA is they're doing it because they need the money <laughs> because the, the the amount of money they're going to make from the playoffs from these networks is astronomical that's why they're doing it now again back to the money train and again I will say this they're professional athletes which is a different animal than college they're getting paid they have the option to opt out and there's provisions if they opt out they get paid a certain amount of money so I can to me I can live with the pros doing it because it's a profession they have options, whereas the college kids don't really don't have many options as far as that goes from from any kind of financial perspective. So look, I can. I was just going to say we're talking about the percentages right now. Standings in the NL East: the Marlins have played eleven games, the Braves have won eleven, but they're in second place. The Cardinals have played five games, <laughs> five. The Cubs, I mean the uh, the Braves have played nineteen. That's 14 more games than the Cardinals have played. And right now, the Braves are in second place in their division at 11 and 8 because of the percentages. So you got, I, I, I don't like it at all. I just don't like that at all. Five and they're going to have, and again, the Cardinals are going to, the Cardinals, they're going to do everything they can to make up a, mo- a majority of those games through double headers. And I, and I do, I personally like the seven inning double headers. Uh, to me, I think that's, I, I like that because you, again, shortens the game a little bit. You can you you don't burn up your whole pitching staff if you if you do have to play a doubleheader. So I actually like that. Um, I, I wish they would do that in all the time and, and whenever they have to play a doubleheader in MLB. Because to me, I think it's I just think it's I, I, I like that. But um, I think it would be a cool I think it would be a cool concept that to once a month in a regular normal 162 game season have a have a doubleheader Saturday where every, you know the third Saturday of every month. Everybody plays a doubleheader, a two seven inning doubleheader, something, something to to draw again more fans to the to the eyes to the, to the TV and into the stands and all that kind of stuff. Couple of new concepts to to kind of get some interest back in baseball from a perspective like that. But it will be interesting to see what these teams do because remember the trade deadline is August thirty first, so it's going to be interesting. in two weeks, basically two and a half weeks is the trade deadline. So it's going to be interesting to see what some of these teams do or don't do in this shortened season. Do the Cardinals sell after 15 games? <laughs> yeah, I'm, exactly. I mean, that's legitimate. That's a I mean, legitimate. That's li- literally, they they will probably have about 15 to 17, 18 total games played by the trade deadline. I, I mean, and they'll have to make some personnel, de- and they'll have to make some personnel decisions yeah. to either go for it or not. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's. Do we, it, do we go for it at nine and four? <laughs> <laughs> right. But it, it will again. This year will be interesting to see what teams, you know, trade players and trade for contracts and all that that they would normally maybe would or wouldn't do in a normal season. But again, is it going to be a legitimate World Series or not? Who knows? But again, in their minds, it's a World Series. You know, if you can get a ring and if you're a GM or you're a manager and you can win a World Series, nobody's going to remember. I mean, they're going to remember it, but it's six, 25 years from now. They're going to say Brian Snicker won a World Series for the Braves if they win it. And the Braves so, win the World Series, that would be both of their titles would come in in shortened seasons. So that would be their luck for sure. And again, I, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't remember that honestly. When they when they went in ninety five was shortened. I didn't remember 95 that. Ninety five was shortened from the remember yep, the ninety four right ninety four, and then it, it bled over into the beginning of ninety five. But they played there you go, 25, 25 years. <laughs> Right. But I get it. I mean, but, but again, I didn't remember that. So, I mean, 20 years from now, people aren't going to remember. They're going to know they won the World Series. All only, right, let's go to – Only only Braves fans and Braves haters remember that. <laughs> true. Well, I'm a big Braves fan. I didn't even remember. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. Even though I've kind of migrated to the Rays a little, a little bit these days. But, all right, NFL training camps. Got to give the training camps and the NFL credit to this point. You've heard nothing about ish, major issues. There's been a There's been a few test guys test positive. And they've quickly removed them from their from the team headquarters and all that stuff. Um, no major outbreaks in these teams so far. Um, rosters have been trimmed from ninety to eighty. 
So it does hurt the the back end of the roster. These free agent, un, undrafted free agent kind of guys, low round draft picks are going to have a very difficult time making the team this year. Though they've expanded the practice squads, um, so no preseason games are happening. Again, again affects the ability for those kind of guys to make the team and to give the veteran guys a little bit of contact and a little bit of game action. Um, crowds, they've still not determined yet what teams can do or not do as far as crowds. I think you'll see some crowds in the NFL at some point. Uh, probably by October, I think you'll see some people in some seats. It won't be sellouts. It'll be very limited capacity, but I, I do think you'll see that. But the NFL has done a pretty good job so far in staying under the radar with all the testing and all the protocols. Yeah, which is kind of surprising. I, I you know, the NFL uh, with all with the with the issues that they they have they face with with you know not being in a bubble and, and kind of what what baseball is going through in a way and and how college football is 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 you know what what is potentially going to happen to them. I, I was expecting more with the NFL, uh, although we haven't really got into game action. You know, I think the biggest thing is. You can play if you're on the if if you're within a, a group of guys and those guys stay pretty safe. That's one thing, but then what happens when they go and they travel and they go to another stadium? And I think that's where look what baseball did pretty well too. You know when they were just doing the little inter squad scrimmages and things like that in Jul- in the majority of July, they were doing pretty well too. And then they and then they open the season and then look. It's the happens. traveling. The traveling is going to yeah. be the big thing when you're in other other hotel rooms that you don't know that have been super sanitized. I mean, I'm sure they I'm sure there are provisions in place for where they're staying to make sure that they're that's all that's all that sanitized. Guys, guys sanit- not going. Guys right. not going out. You know, like it's discipline, bro. It, it, and what it is is the team that has the most discipline are, are going to be the teams that win in the yeah. NFL and in baseball. I yep. mean. If you're going to have the teams that are that are loosey goosey on the road and going out on Thursday nights, you're going to have problems. But the teams that have the discipline are going to be the most likely to to win games long term. Because again, until you have a star quarterback test positive, other than your yeah. boy Matt Stafford with the false positive test for him, apparently, allegedly, who knows? And the wife Kelly with a, with a strong with a strong response. <laughs> But yeah. uh, but uh, you know until you have the Tom Brady of the world, a Lamar Jackson, a Mahomes, you know those kind of guys test positive, they're gonna just it's gonna be business as usual in my opinion because you know they're gonna put, if somebody if an offensive lineman tests they're gonna put him on the list they're gonna bring in another guy and they're gonna move on you know yeah, when when you have to replace Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes yeah then 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 we're gonna have we're gonna have to have a serious it we're, or, when the, or, or when the or when the whole have an issue a sit down. <laughs> or when the whole quarterback room for Kansas City has the COVID because one of the guys had it. Right. When the whole yeah. quarterback, you know, are wiped out for yeah. for two weeks and they're and they're bringing Steve Bono off the streets. We're calling we're calling Jason Powers Biffle Biffle days. Yeah. Yes, I can still sling it in, in <laughs> the touch football in, in the in the in the in the touch football days like Flutie. <laughs> Flutie can still throw it, baby, even at about to be forty seven. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, give, give them credit. All right, NHL, NBA, real quick. Playoffs are starting this week. They've done a great job both those places. They've been in a bubble. I think that's a major exactly. reason why they've had. I've not heard one positive test in either league. To be honest with you, nope. not even, one test. Even from the idiot that went to the strip club. Your boy Lulu, sweet Lou. He 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 got quarantined. But yeah, I mean, but but as far as being in the bubble and testing positive. I don't think they have anybody that's been in the bubble to test positive. That's that's great, great sign. Playoffs are going to be, you know, it's 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 defense is optional in the NBA these days. Hopefully, they start playing a little bit of defense in the NBA. How about my Lightning with the five overtime thriller yesterday against Columbus? I, I missed that. I'm sorry. I, I went to bed a little early. Before well, that. that was a must-win game for the Lightning. For those of you that don't remember, the Lightning were the one seed last year and got swept by the. The same Columbus Blue Jacket team swept them last year in the first round of the playoffs. And if they they're matched up with Columbus again, the Lightning are the two seed this year. If they lose this series, the coach will be fired, the, the, the Tampa Bay coach, and there'll be some massive uh, changes on the roster. But huge win for the Lightning yesterday in a five overtime thriller. Um, I think they'll get through this series by winning that game. Because of the, just the the karma and the momentum of that game, I think it's going to propel them uh, through. But uh, 
NHL playoffs are great. If you don't watch hockey, I would suggest you watching it this time of year. The overtimes, the the drama, it's always great in the NHL, even if you're not a huge hockey fan. It's just it's it's great action and the games move fast. The, the games go, they move. It's not like it's it's not like some of these other and other sports where it's just slows molasses. They get moving, they go, and it's it's fun to watch. I'd I'd encourage you to uh, I know your Red Wings have been on a drought the last few years. <laughs> since the all since all the Russian guys have finally retired and been put into uh, back into uh, Siberia by Putin, <laughs> <laughs> they were they they uh, they were mailed in. Okay. Yes, like like the votes. Yes, yes, mail in votes. Yes, but uh, but big credit to those two leagues again. The NBA playoffs. I know people will be very excited. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, and all those guys that gets going this weekend. So that'll be another two months of playoffs as well as the hockey playoffs. So. Stay tuned to that. Quick shout out to uh, a couple guys that have passed away with some sports history. Regis Philbin, big Notre Dame fan. He passed away a couple weeks ago in the venerable Wilford Brimley. Uh, I believe he was in the natural. Was he the not the manager in the natural? I believe that's correct. The big manager. He also had a great, great role in the firm as the security chief. That's my to, favorite role of his. Try, <laughs> trying to chase down Tom Cruise through the streets of Memphis. I get paid when it's not when I have nothing to work. <laughs> That's, <about>. right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Him and him and Hackman with some good exchanges in the firm. What and do you then think they, I am? A, a night watchman? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. Oh, God, <laughs> that was a great. That was a great role when him and the firm. Man, that was. Uh, I actually. Actually, by just coincidence, watched that movie the other about two weeks ago. It was oh god, it was like it was literally a week before he died. It was great. And then the other thing Wilford Brimley was was most noteworthy for back in my childhood, he was the guy on the commercial for Quaker Oats for a hundred years. Oh yeah, that's right. Quaker Oats used to be yeah. the the commercial you'd see on TV all the time, and he was he the looked, man. He was the pitch he, man. He looked like a, a lot like the guy on the on the uh, canister too. Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. The Quaker What's Oats the, guy, like the the, the logo. Oh, he looked like the logo. Okay, yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. Um, last thing we'll mention is the is the PGA Tour Championship that they had their first major uh, last week in San Francisco. Colin Morikawa, the youngster, twenty three year old American, won it. Uh, he came from behind, shot an unbelievable sixty four on Sunday to beat Den- uh, Dustin Johnson, Kepka, and some other guys. A lot of people think this guy is going to be a big time player, not just kind of a one hit wonder. Um, you know, Tiger did not have a great week, tried a new putter, didn't play great. He played good Sunday, but not, but again, you're not going to see the, the, the elite tiger all, all year long. You're going to see him two or three times a year be in contention. I think Kepka uh, took the gas pipe on Sunday. He was in position to win his third straight PGA. Didn't get it done. Um, more, he didn't play terrible, but more Cowell won the tournament as opposed to, you know, Kepka did not play well. Dustin Johnson did not hold on to the lead. He's kind of got a history of uh, kind of gagging in the fourth round of these majors when he's been in the lead. Kind of my big thing was, did you notice Phil Mickelson was in the booth doing some broadcasting Saturday and Sunday on CBS with Nance and Faldo? Great job, in my opinion. I, l- I listened to him for about 10 or 15 minutes. He's going to be a natural if he ever wants to do this for after his playing career. He'll be really good in the booth. Yeah, I did not. I did not get a chance to see that. I was, you know, in the in the middle of changing a toilet out. But uh, uh, <laughs> I did. I uh, I did hear you telling me about it. I, I I do like I do like Phil, um, and I can I I can imagine that he is he would be a pretty good uh, commentator, color guy, uh, especially with Jim Nance uh, friends. Yes. Masters. Yes. Tradition unlike any other. Yes, the him, him, Faldo, and and Nance would be would be probably be a pretty good tri- triplet in the in the booth if they didn't decide to go that way, or or he might just bump out. I don't think I don't think Phil would want to do it all the every week, but Phil would be Phil Phil would kind of be the Tony Romo version of golf anal- analysis. He would break it down. You know, he's got a got a very good sense of humor. He's very free and loose with his with his vocabulary. Uh, he doesn't curse, but he's you know on the air, but he's free and loose in what he says. You know, makes predictions, likes gambling, just talks about all that kind of stuff, man. So I think he would be really good in the booth if he decided to do that. He's still got probably a couple more years to play on the tour, but um, he's he's getting to the end. He's getting to the end of his run. 
but he would be he would be great in the booth if he wanted to be and you know he's got more money to, to spend than god but um so i don't know if he wants would want to do that but all right seven majors coming up in the next like seven like the, the next calendar year for the golf because they're condensing all the majors to the end of the ish, this year plus all the majors next year no fans at augusta i know you're very, very excited about that mike uh, I, I know you'd be pushing down the uh, the gates to get into Augusta National, you and Caitlin, <laughs> for some father father daughter time. Yeah, we're on the list. Yes, for practice rounds, for Sunday afternoons, for pimento cheese sandwiches, and for some Waffle House in Augusta. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's what we so, do. It's a tradition unlike any other. Yes, I mean it, it is it is a tradition. So. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate the time, Mike. Great job. Uh, good luck with the bathrooms. Maybe I'll be making a, a visit again. What's what's the status of high school football in Alabama? Oh, we're going forward, Mike. Buddy, come on. You know that. The, when the, is that a- the HSSA, we, we, going, we, we do not uh, Friday do not Night stop. Lights, baby. No, they're, they're, My- yeah, we, we do not stop. College football might be shutting down, but we're going to play those high school games because Hoover High they, School, baby. Hoover, you. They're just kids. So, you know, what does it matter? <laughs> they're not going to get sick. No. I mean, we don't even have a clear path of going to school right now. My daughter starts school. <laughs> my daughter starts school August 20th, a week from tomorrow, and she will go two days a week and then virtual the other three days. But yet we're playing football, no nope, with nope. fans, with fans in the stand. Nope, no, yes. no problem. Like, like nothing's happening. So. We'll be at, we'll be at Vincent High School, baby. Shelby County, Moody, yeah. J- uh, Jackson, Olin, Winona. You name it, they're gonna be there. Yeah. So you know, well, our football status is undetermined at this point. Uh, they did move school back to the twenty fourth in Florida, two weeks. So I think they're supposed to start allegedly practicing football on the twenty fourth. So in the event things continue to and don't no no further changes, I would envision a early probably a mid September start date for high school football here in Florida. If nothing changes, uh, my sister who is a teacher is not excited about having to go to school. She's already she's already in school doing all the stuff they got to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not loving that, and she's really not loving that the kids are potentially going to be coming back. Uh, Hillsborough County tried to pass a virtual school only uh proposal which apparently is against the law in florida according to the executive order by our man ronnie desantis getting it done under the trump on the trump train our man ronnie is trying to get it done <laughs> our man ronnie jesus so they're they are the only county in the state of florida that passed a virtual school only option every other county has a option where they go like you said a couple days a week and might be a couple days virtual so they're still getting ready to be a big school board meeting tomorrow either tonight or tomorrow to just to, to finalize what hillsborough county is doing as far as school goes which will then determine what happens with with uh athletics in hillsborough county which so and there's a very good chance we might have to be wearing electric whistles with masks on by the way electric so, yeah electric whistles like you that you hold in your hand and hit the button and Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, That's yeah. nice. We'll see about that, though. But, uh, well, Mike, I appreciate appreciate the time tonight. We'll be back in touch as we move along in the fall. And uh, appreciate it. And have a great night. And we'll see you next time. Check us out online. Tell a friend. We're on all the, pot, the podcast platforms. The Powers on Sports podcast says good night from the Sunshine State. <laughs>